All right, welcome into the SC Prep Insiders Podcast. My name is Jeff Dulek, and today I'm joined by Scott Bernstein and Tom Markowski. Tom, Scott, what's going on today? Hey, what do we got? The eighth week here, right? Yeah, it's a historic week in MHSA history. It is. um, As Scott just mentioned, uh, Farmington Hills Harrison, legendary coach, broke the MHSAA all-time wins record on Friday night. John Harrington? John Harrington. Uh, with win number 431, surpassing brother, Birmingham brother Rice's Alfred Casa, who had the record with 430 going into the season. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about John Harrington, kind of the legacy that, that he's created for himself, you know, at, at a Harrison program that's, you know, he's going to go down as the only coach to ever coach there. Yeah, isn't that funny? Just think about that, that when it closes next year, the well, I guess the the interview processes were easy at that place, huh? <laughs> the, the, the le- well, we hired one guy right. <laughs> for 48 years, whatever it's going to be. I call him the legend's legend. You know, he is uh, just like the, the man that he just passed. Uh, they're both the legend's legends. And he is a real gentleman, too. I mean, he very accommodating. I'm talking as a, re- a reporter talking here that, you know, whenever you needed something, John would say, you know, come at this hour yeah. or mm-hmm. yeah when do you want to come you could you know a couple times i i said i can i sit in you know your film sessions can i go in the classroom sure tom anytime i mean it was it was beautiful coach Fracasa and coach harrington are two of the most oh, yeah. accommodating coaches i've ever dealt with right. and you know not to say that when you reach a certain level that you should be difficult to deal with but when you when you uh, encounter people that are, that have gone so far so far up the ladder in their profession, and they're still very down to earth. They're still uh, just uh, great character guys. They're 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 mentors. They're teachers. Um, it just it warms your heart to, to see someone that has that kind of success and is still grounded and you know it's still doing it for the love of the game and love for the kids, not just uh, you know for for self uh, yeah, you know, for grandization. The a lot of people might if they don't know John or don't know the. Harrison program, they might say, oh, you know, they get, that's all they do is win. That's all they care about is winning. And yeah. it probably couldn't be further from the right. truth. Right. Um, all the guys I talked to, and I wrote a story for the MHSA, that, uh, you know, they just said that he cared about the kids, mm-hmm. the players, more than he cared about winning football yeah. games. And I would talk, you know, here's a, uh, here's a guy that has nothing to do with Oakland County or anything. It's Matt Koziak, the coach at Mona Shores in Muskegon. He said he had a chance when I told him I was doing the story because I did a story on Mona Shores this week too. But he, he said, "Oh, Harrington, he just he just loves the guy." He says, "I saw him do or heard him do a speech. I was in the room, and he didn't talk about anything about football. He talked about every, just life and I, you know, in the classroom how to treat you treat your players." He says it, it was a great speech. He has tremendous respect and for a guy. And here's a guy that you know, three hours away, whatever. They don't know right. anything about. You can just you, you inter- I've interacted with, you know. A lot of coaches that haven't even come close to uh, to, to accomplish what Coach Harrington or, or Coach Fracasa accomplished, and they've been considerably more difficult to yes. deal with than those two. And, it just, and again, it just it makes you appreciate uh, the type of men that uh, Coach Fracasa and Coach Harrington are, and right. uh, what, what they you know what they were able to achieve. And, and, and in some ways, in my opinion, it, it makes it even more special. Right. You know, you know that's you know one thing that stood out. I got a chance to talk to Coach Harrington earlier this week. Um, you know, first thing I, I talked to him about was the record. Um, and, you know, closing in on the record obviously has to be a big deal, reaching, you know, coming so close to a milestone. And the first thing out of his mouth was, oh, if we beat Berkeley, we qualify for the playoffs. 
Right. I, I mean, it, he's been saying that all year to me when I've been talking about it. He's like, you know, the record's nice and the record means something to me and it means something to the community. But really, what, what, what means the most to us right now in 2017 is punching a ticket to the playoffs. That's right. what we're thinking. Right. right. And I agree. I mean, that's what you have to think about. You can't, and John's not going to let himself how should I say, live in the past or right. enjoy um, those victories. Now, his job, his responsibility is this team. And they're cherishing the moment. Unfortunately, as we yeah. said, the, uh, uh, that the school's going to close next year. And, it's just so it, it, and, and the, the history of Harrison football, you know, the, 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 the book will close on it, just like the doors will close mm-hmm. on the building. And uh, I know I, I can just tell from talking to Coach Harrington and being around him this year, I've been to three or four games, that uh, you know, every second is, is being... Uh, cherished now, and appreciated. Now, I just said that, and John was telling me about that too, you know, obviously next year. And he says, you know, the freshmen now are, the, are numbers wise, they're going to other schools. Yep, yep. Meaning, my take on this, what division is Harrison going to be? It could be, be next Division year? 5 or 6 yeah. next year. Yeah. They, they I just thought of that could. now. Uh, it, they're still going to have a good football team, mm-hmm. but obviously the depth won't be there. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just curious what level they're going to be yeah, playing well, at. John said, you know, when I talked to him on, on Tuesday was, you know, this year was a first year where everything really started hitting. You know, he walks into the school and the freshmen aren't there. Oh. You know, something that he you're used to seeing as a part Correct. of that football program. The freshmen aren't walking in that building. He's not looking at these guys and going, I can't wait till these yeah, guys I are can't wait. four years from now. Uh, it's going, it, it's, you know, the, the it's got to be an eerie type of coming. feeling yeah, for right. him. And, you know, he, he's still looking on the positive side, and I also huh. think that's that's why he's so focused in on a number of things, including, you know, his, his mindset for 47 years has been just make the playoffs, just win games, not really worry about himself personally. But these are the last couple of years where Harrison is going to have that chance to, to continue to leave that legacy. You know, Tom <laughs> and I have talked about it. Harrison's in Division Three this year. They have a really, really good shot of making a deep they run got, to the playoffs. Just because Division Three is kind of funky yeah. in a way. So right. There's strength in certain regions of the state. And it's just not a lot of great Division they got programs in this area. They might not have a ton of depth, but they've got four or five big-time playmakers led by Ovia Gufu, the Notre Dame commit, mm-hmm. senior linebacker slash wide receiver slash kick returner now. Uh, he's he's really showing his versatility this year. Um, but they got a couple other kids that, that are you know real game-changers. Mm-hmm. And when you have a handful of game-changers and it's the playoffs, that's, the re- that's a recipe for a long run. Right, you know, and... and just looking at it, you know, we look back at all these these storied programs that that closed a long time ago. You know, I think the most notable one that we talked about is um, St. Martin de Porres. Yep. You know that that you know just legendary athletic program that they had across the board. You know, I think five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, we're going to look back at Farming Mills Harrison and go, what, what a program football wise. Right. Just you know, 30, 40, 50 years from now, right. we're going to look back and, and it's going to be... Uh, Nobody will have really matched it, it well, and, in and when that, you, the amount of time that, that and Harrison was around. And another feather in the cap of, of Coach Harrington as the architect of that program is mm-hmm. whenever you take what you're doing and you move it out of where it's being done and take it out of local and make it national, mm-hmm. I mean, frankly... The, Harrison football is a national brand. When people think of Farmington Hills, certain in certain uh, factions of America, when people think of Farmington Hills, they think of Farmington Hills Harrison football. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you you, it's true. you just look look at that. You know, kind of furthering your point. Look how many players are in the NFL just right yeah, now. Right now, know? he's got four. Right. 
you know, Drew Stanton is, is obviously he's more well known in this area, but he's well known as a backup quarterback in, in the country. But he's played, a, but, he's, but he's but he's been there eleven. He's been in the league eleven years. Right. You see that high school, you know, Farmington Hills. He hasn't had one injury. Right. <laughs> Bur- and Burbridge is with uh, Aaron Burbridge, the receiver, is with the 49ers. Devin Funches right. is developing into a star with Funches the Carolina is, Panthers. Is one of the most well known Harrison grads. Period. And Mark Dell, I think, is on a practice squad. Wow. Okay. I didn't really? know that. Or he yeah. was on a practice. If he's not in the NFL this year, he was in time. recently. Yeah, you also have a guy like Mario Ojemudia. Is he playing? Gonna, is he playing somewhere in that NFL right I now? I believe he's with San Francisco or Baltimore. I know. Okay, two, so that's two completely opposite. So at least sides. so four, so at least four, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's not counting uh, guys that have been in there uh, in the past. Right. Nick uh, Nick Williams, yep. um, the uh, you know the the probably the best. Power back in in Harrison history. He was a he was a load to bring down on the ninety three ninety four state championship teams. Then he went to the U, uh, and then played eight years in the NFL as a fullback. Right, Ricky Bryant. Ricky Bryant, Ricky Bryant. had a yep. cup of coffee. Won a, a Super Bowl ring with the uh, Patriots. Right, and then he said you- he played three years in the NFL. And he said it to me like, oh, you know, I played three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hey. played three years yeah. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a pretty big deal. Yep. Yeah, and the, and you look a, look ahead. Obviously, you know the time at Harrison's winding down, but you have some really good collegiate players right now. Mike Ojemudia is making a name for himself at Iowa. I think Mike Ojemudia. I talked to a lot of people uh, just to do a quick plug. Uh, both on my state champs blog, mm-hmm. I have a uh, top ten uh, Harrison playmakers of all time and a top five uh, defensive players of all time. And then in the Oakland Press, I did a top ten most. Uh, memorable uh, Harrison football games and a all Harrison football team. And from doing research with that, the consensus I talked to about, you know, I talked to dozens of people, but the consensus amongst uh, three or four people I spoke to was that Mike Ojemudi is probably the most the most underrated player in the history of Harrison. I was just about to say that. Coming from, you know, because of his lineage, because uh-huh. everyone knew about Mario. But uh, I had a couple people tell me that really in, in the history of Harrison, there hasn't been someone that's been more overlooked and been more of a, a big impact player than Mike Ojemudi. Well, you look at Mo- Mike Ojemudi, you know, it seemed like he first started on the defensive line, went to linebacker, back to defensive line, he played some tight end. You know, I'm seeing him play, play plays in the secondary at Iowa. Oh, yeah. You know, he can do it. He can do it all. We also look at you know other guys that could continue that Harrison legacy from here on out. You know, Khalid Kareem, Kareem at Notre a Dame, a great defensive end at Harrison, now playing at Notre Dame. And now you know we, we mentioned him earlier. He's a Mister Football candidate. Ovio Gufo. I, I think anybody here, you know, wouldn't be surprised if we hear Ovio Gufo's name on Sundays because he you, you see how good of a player he is now. His potential still through the roof. Right, he's still. I, I, I look at him as an athlete that's just still growing into yeah. wherever he plays at the next level. He's right. gotten better every year. That's what you like to see. You don't right. like to see a kid stagnate. You don't want. You don't like to see a kid that's great as a sophomore, and then he's still really good as a senior, but he hasn't taken uh, strides in his game. And and Ovi is like we were talking about his versatility, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's just going to bode so well uh, for him in, in South Bend. Uh, you know, he can he can play obviously. Uh, he, he's being recruited or he's being uh, he'll, he'll go to Notre Dame as an outside linebacker yep. but because of injuries this year he's actually playing uh, inside linebacker and they're lining him up sometimes uh, at the Viper spot yep. where he's kind of uh, you know in between a safety and a, and a linebacker uh, that's not even talking about what he's doing offensively where he never played on the offense side of the ball he never played special teams and then this year's five and two team uh, or sorry six and two team uh, he's doing like we said he's doing it all he's returned he returned a punt for a touchdown against Seaholm uh, he's has uh, uh, something like 25 grabs uh, going out, stretching the field, and against 
Um, last week uh, against Oak Park in the game to tie the record, uh, he had three catches for 70 yards, and they were really nice catches. Right. You know, I just want um, to take this time to remind everybody that we are sponsored by Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust and the uh, Diversified Members Credit Union. Go to dmcu.org to learn more. Dough razor. I love it. Yeah. I was at Frankfurt's game against St. Ignis last week, and I'm, I'm sure people are saying, <laughs> why, why were you there? <laughs> How did you get there? Um, but that was one of their play calls at the line of scrimmage. Dough razor. <laughs> and I went like, what? Big fan of the fundraising. I, I want to just add a, a quick anecdote that I think people will appreciate, or at least I really appreciate it when I heard it. And I, th- I heard that this is an anecdote that's pretty famous around Harrison parts. But... Um, so John Harrington and the Harrison program had a state record, 13 state championships. They've Correct. been to the state finals on 17 different occasions. Yeah, which is amazing. They only lost four. You yeah. Know, and they, and when they get there, they win. Right. So they got there. The f- and they lost their first one. Right. So that's what I'm, so they got there the first time in 1976. Uh, they played Midland Dow. It was only the seventh year of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Harrington, uh, as they were leaving the field, or as they were either I'm not sure either as they were walking onto the field or as they were leaving the field, he turned to his assistants and said, uh, "Hey, look around, guys. Soak it all in, um, you know, because we're probably never going to be here again. <laughs> we're never going to experience this. So, oh, so appreciate funny. it. It's, it's funny. And you say uh, that. and I guess that's a story that's told a lot because obviously he went there 16 more times after that. Right. It's funny you say that. When I talked to John on Tuesday, um, the story he told me about that 1976 years, he called up his dad and said, "Yeah, we lost." You know, if every team in the state makes it to the state finals, we're not going to be here for another 50 years. <laughs> so, you know, he, he's a coach who never took anything for granted. He, he's a coach who, I think even to this day, even through 13 state championships, he's somebody who, who savors every moment and appreciates every opportunity. He gets a deep playoff run, an appearance at the Silver Dome or Ford Field. Um, and he, he's really a genuine person. I think that's one thing that I think people around him, people that have gotten the chance to talk to him, interview him, know him, will we'll come away saying and thinking about John Harrington. There's nothing phony about him. He, he is, is authentic mm-hmm. of a person. Uh, make a connection between you know, the, the two all-time greats. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you're, when I was talking to um, people uh, around the Harrison com- community, talking about the most memorable games, and I guess I kind of underrated it, and I don't know why. I, I, didn't, all, I didn't immediately, when I, was doing, uh, when I was trying to put together my mo- 10 most memorable games, I made it a... a a, a draft, my first draft list. Mm-hmm. I didn't have on there the, the 2010 first round, uh, which is that's in my story. Some people are called the miracle on 12 mile right. uh, when you know they were it looked like they were going to lose. Brother Rice was going into victory formation with 90 seconds left, right. up by three. Wasn't it Jake Vento? And uh, the quarterback for Rice fumbled. Jake Vento picked it up, go, went 60 yards for the game winning touchdown, and then uh, on a on a hail mary from Brother Rice. Uh, to end the game, Aaron Burbridge picked that off and then took it back uh, to seal it uh, for 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 a a, ga- uh, a game ceiling interception return for a touchdown. But the thing is, that game, those teams, whoever won that game, was, yeah, was winning win. the state title. Right. And I didn't, I didn't, like I said, I didn't, first round. I didn't put that. Uh, it was it, the reason why it was because Rice that year was five and four. Oh, okay. It was a really good five and four team. Right. One of those. Uh, but um, I think people forget how talented that Harrison team was, and they were that close to not even making yeah, it out going the first to the state. Round. Yeah, so right. uh, when I started to talk to people, I hadn't even put that on my list of, of top ten most memorable games, and people were like, no, no, that needs to be in the top two or three most memorable games. And I, I, talked to, I thought so, too. And I, caught, I talked Especially to, when it, it's 
Al being in. Yes, right. And then I talked to Coach Harrington, and Harrington said, yeah, there were very few games that were more special and and more memorable uh, than that one. And I kind of overlooked it because it was a first-round game. I was kind of looking at, uh, you know, state semifinals, regionals, finals. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he said that, that that game was considerably more memorable than a number of his state championships. Um, and that was just, you know, that was an amazing game. Uh, so, he, so those teams were just loaded. Coach Harrington remembers that um, whatever broadcast, I think it was an MHSA broadcast, uh, he, he said that, uh, you know, we're, we're on the sidelines and it looks like we're about to lose. And I got the, the TV camera right next to me, almost putting, a, uh, putting a, a microphone in my face with 90 <laughs> seconds left, asking me how it feels that I just lost this game. And uh-huh. they're doing a, ra- a wrap-up about how the game's over with. And uh, you know, uh, a couple seconds later, uh, instead of it being three down, they're 10 up, and they're, and uh-huh. they're, they're going forward to the second round of the, uh, of the playoffs. Right. That's funny. Um, you know, kind of staying on the, on the similar note that Scott was just on, um, talking about Al Fracasa, you know, John and Al got a chance to talk and have a sit-down conversation uh, before the Oak Park game a couple of weeks ago now, um, and they had the op- they had the chance to kind of talk about all things, whether it's football, whether it's the impact they wanted to leave and a legacy they wanted to leave. Um, but they also obviously talked about the record. It was you know the elephant in the room. They talked about it, and uh-huh. John made a, a funny, I thought it was a, a funny comment, and he told Al, he goes probably would have broken this record a long time ago if I hadn't gone two and six against you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean it just it just shows you you know, they they both had a good laugh out of that, but just shows, you know, I mean and if Harrison would have had that miraculous win, it would have been one and seven all time against Brother Rice. And it shows you just you know, that that obviously you can't I don't know if you call it a rivalry, but those teams clashed a lot and it and then uh, Rice beat them the next year yep. on their way to their thirty to seven. Yeah, on their way to the, the three the, on the way to their three. That's, that's the team that was to all the seniors. That was the na- that was the team that was nationally ranked. The the two thousand ten yep. Harrison team wasn't uh, right. as uh, uh, in terms of nationally wasn't as well recognized. What, but guys, what was the difference between Jake Vento, Jake Vento Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Vento? Well, Tommy Vento was the quarterback in right. the two thousand ten. Jake Vento then took over at quarterback, but he had a, and he, he had broke his he broke his ankle right. in the first or in the. The, it was the, 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 the It was the first round against Seaholm, yeah, okay, and right, then the yeah, next exactly. the next year they played in the second round. The first round, Jake Fento busted his ankle. They had a Correct. backup quarterback in, and it just looked Couldn't like the they ball. were very deflated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those 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 high profile guys without their uh, without the their leader without the leader in there, the they didn't Vento. play very well. well yeah. One of the funniest things I remember about I guess it's not funny, but just shows you just how big time of gamers those Ventos were. Um, you want to talk about two guys that. I mean, Tommy won our Mr. Football Award. I think Jake got overlooked at times. Uh, he was just a tough guy. I remember Jake was great, a great high school player. Jake was a was. better high school player than Tommy right. overall. Tommy played one year and started one year. He was a backup. Uh, he was, I think he was JV quarterback as a sophomore, right. backup as a junior. Won the job. Basically beat his brother out for the mm-hmm. job uh, his senior year and then went on to have one of the greatest single-season uh, performances in the history of the of the storied Harrison program threw right. for over three thousand yards, thirty one touchdowns, right. uh, an undefeated season in, in the state championship, and he looked great at Ford Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a backup uh, at state for yep. for uh, his college career. But the one thing about Jake going into that game that I remember is you know people were you know after he got hurt against Seaholm, people you know he was the big question mark. You know you know are you going to be okay to play? And everybody knew how bad his injury was, and he told everybody, you know, I'm going to try to play. To try to what you're talking about. He was he was injured. It was that, an ankle. That in, think, ankle injury was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, was he didn't get on the field that. No, he didn't get on the field. But you know, I, I still remember that everybody talking to him, talking to Harrington. Oh, he he wants to give it a go. And they probably you know a, they they could have they could have repeated 
right. if, if Jake Venno hadn't been hurt. Because yeah, Jake I, Venno was just as good of a quarterback as he was a defensive back, as a wide receiver, and as a kick returner. Right. You know, um, Scott talked about, you know, the all-time the all time. Yeah, we talk about some of the – some of the, oh, wait, go ahead. You know, I guess Tom Scott mentioned his. Tom, is there any specific game in, in your eyes that really stands out from, you know, John Harrington's, you know, 47 well, you years? Know, we just tackled that one with Brother Rice, yep. and I think that – the reason, you know, I, we alluded to is because he's going against Al. I mean, here you have these two coaching legends. And, you know, I, I wouldn't consider it a rivalry because, for one thing, they only play played enough. eight times. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you, let's say if they played 20 times, okay, yeah. I would acknowledge that. Um, you know, it's just some, you know, the 89 game. There was two games the in du- 89 that I wrote about. The DeWitt? Yeah, the, the DeWitt final and the game before in the semis, which was the ice ball, which – it will never leave my, my mind unless I'm gone. So, but <laughs> it was such – I remember driving home in that weather because we filed by couplers back then. Yeah, I know. What are couplers? They, they would, you would have to pick, put your computer into a, uh, a phone hookup so it could, you know, listen to the electronic things coming out of your computers. Anyways, people are they're saying couplers. What does that mean? Mm. Um, anyways, um, that game was 3-2. to two, um, Hill kicked the winning field goal. Um, East Grand Rapids, I mean, it was a joke. I think there might have been 100 yards gained in that game. Um, and there, there was a nice color, ice-covered field at Flint Atwood Stadium. Jack Roberts was there. The game was halted. The refs halted the game about 10 minutes in, halfway through the first quarter. And Jack Roberts took the uh, officials into a mini locker room. And 15 minutes, they come out, you know, saying, we're going to resume this game. There's a lot of controversy on whether that game should have been played, obviously, for the safety of the players. Fortunately, nobody got seriously hurt. And I remember, see, the next day is another famous game. You had King playing Brother Rice in the semifinal in Class A. I think it was single A, double A. Boy, I'm thinking. King won that year the King won the state title? No, they lost two. I can look that up, but they Brother Rice was loaded. They that had was the, was the Utter, excuse me, Bobby Utter. Bob Utter. They had uh, um, Mitchell. They had Pete uh, Mitchell, who Pete, played in the NFL, right? And Morrison, who played for Michigan. Steve Morrison, who played in the NFL. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they were so loaded, that, and they lost six nothing. And I remember there was partially ice covered that field because you know they had another sixteen hours after the Harrison game. And so some of it was some ice, but not a lot. People said, oh, this is terrible field conditions. I said, you ain't seen nothing until so you saw the, the game the, last the, night. The 89th semi, the final was 3-2? Three, 3-2. Two. Three to two. Wow. Maybe that should have gone in my most memorable games. Well, it, you know, because there was, you know, you had George Barczewski coaching a legend in the Grand Rapids area. They won state titles at East Grand Rapids, actually beat brother, or Harrison in a state championship game. But... um it was the emotions out there. I mean, I was on the sidelines when, that, when Jack Roberts is there. And most of us, Mick McCabe was there from the free press. Of course, this is a huge game. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got Harrison and East Grand Rapids storied programs even then. Yeah. Right. Um, and for them to say, we're going to play, was I think we all looked at each other like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> you're going to send those kids out there and that you can hardly, you know, cleats and everything. And they're slipping and sliding. You can't get anywhere in that field. So, and then the next week, Milk Coleman's comeback. I mean, they trailed in that game 21 to nothing to DeWitt. Mm-hmm. Came back. DeWitt took the, uh, you know, um, Harrison came back to tie the game late. Then DeWitt scored with 220 to go to go up by six. They missed the extra point, which was obviously crucial because then Coleman yeah, took him took down him the field. The, and he scored a, a nine-yard touchdown run Correct. with uh, 90 seconds left. Right. And uh, solidi- the extra solidified his legacy as Mill the Thrill. Yeah. La- he left 
the MHSA in 1989 as its all-time leading passer. Right. Now it's been his record has been surpassed a number of times in the uh, Jason Picasso was the yeah in the 27 yeah. years. Or but since at that then, time when he did that, years. those numbers that Mel Coleman put up yeah. were just a joke because yeah. he was such an electrifying type of player and obviously went on to play at Michigan State as a receiver. But as a quarterback, he threw for 7,464 right. yards. <laughs> just a phenomenal yeah. player. The, the one thing I wanted to mention, you know, obviously I've, I've only been covering high school football. And but those, uh, you know, to answer your question, I think those two games mm -hmm. plus the Al game, right. you know, with the, the fumble. Right. The, the other thing I want to mention, uh, you know, since I've been covering high school football, Harrison has won one title that, that came in the year we were just talking about. Me too. Um, right, that's right. We basically, Jeff and I have been pretty much the, the covering uh, high school football in this area for 10 years. Right. Um, but, you know, at the very beginning of my kind of memories of high school football and following it. Um, I was born in 89, so I wasn't around for Mil, Mil Coleman. <laughs> he's, a <laughs> he's a baby. <laughs> right. But the, one of the very first memories I have was Harrison going for a fifth straight state championship oh, in 2001. Yes. Yes. I have that in my top games, uh, yes. the five Pete. Right. Uh -huh. I, I vaguely remember it, um, so I can't tell you, you know, the ins and outs of it. I was, I was 12 years old. But that, that still stands out to me. Um, and, and you, we talk about how great it is when teams win back to back or, mm -hmm. or three straight. You know, this this team won five straight from state 90, titles from ninety seven to two thousand one. Drew Correct. Stanton was the quarterback on the final two, right? Yep. And they beat uh, Fruitport twenty eight seven in the Division three state uh, uh, finals. Mm -hmm. and, and you talk uh, about a team that'll never get to the finals again. That's yeah. Fruitport. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what what people said to me when I was talking to people about that that run and the 2001 run mm -hmm. was that uh, the more memorable game was actually the semifinals against Saginaw. Okay. And the Saginaw team was led by Lamar Woodley. So you had okay. uh, a future NFL quarterback going up against a future NFL linebacker mm -hmm. uh, on defense. So Woodley was amazing. Yeah. Right. You know, that, that 2001 team, you know, I, I had a really close friend of mine had a family member on the Harrison team in 2000 and 2001, I believe. So I got a chance to see it, but watching that that those teams was one of the the more fun things I had an opportunity to do. You know, when it comes to watching high school football, mm -hmm. I think was it just the athleticism or just the, what made it was them? the athleticism? And then you know, uh, that's also when I started becoming a Michigan State fan. I knew about oh, Stanton okay. and Akeem Shabai, right? Um, and having a, and having a chance to watch those teams and it kind of I think that's a, a big place of where my my love for football began. Yeah, I was talking to Ricky Bryan. He played on those first two, I believe, mm -hmm. of that run. And, you know, it's just fun talking to Ricky about, you know, the great teams and, you know, the players that were out there. It's just when you think of all the great players that Harrison has had over there, yeah. it's just phenomenal. I, you know, it's, there's been a drop-off, and I think there's a number of reasons why that is. The, you have the advent of, I think, Southfield becoming more of a power now and West Bloomfield and the advent of players, how should I say, jumping schools. Yeah. More so than well, ever. I, I can relate to Jeff um, uh, uh, maybe about a decade or so earlier. Mm -hmm. When I was 11 or 12 years old, um, I would have my dad drive me to Mill Coleman's games. So that, that <laughs> awesome. was just like awesome. Jeff said, that was one of the major reasons that I got hooked. On, I mean, obviously, you were a Lions fan, but back then the Lions weren't very good. Uh, I was That's a Michigan. Chances are they probably weren't very good at any right. time. <laughs> <laughs> I was a Michigan fan uh, because a lot of my family went to Michigan, mm -hmm. but it really was that you know when I was 11, 12 years old, 88, 89, uh, Mills last two years, um, I probably went to six or seven games on a Friday nights at Harrison, 
as just, you know, just, and my dad is, was not a, you know, he's a sports fan, but not a huge sports fan. And he was just doing it because I wanted to do it. And it was something kind of local. We were five minutes, I mean, we lived about five, ten minutes away. Mm-hmm. And uh, those, both uh, going to those games and then during the winter uh, of that same era, going over to Country Day and watching Chris Weber play, right. uh, those, I mean, you can't, you can't be, you can't grow up with two better all-time Michigan athletes than, than Mill the Thrill and Chris Weber. And that right. really, yeah, at that time, that, that got me the, the bug. Era. Yeah, and that got me the bug and, and, and really got me, uh, in, in terms of a, not, it, it breaks you in, mm-hmm. and and then it's like uh, the world is your oyster after that right. in terms of being think, a fan. I don't think Scott's alone. I think that yeah. turned a lot of people oh, on. You know, Milk Coleman. Just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Obviously Weber, but Milk Coleman, who at the time, as a, like as eleven or twelve year old, he seemed like he was six five. He seemed like he was Cam <laughs> Newton. You know what I'm saying? But then you, and then the first time I saw I, mean, I saw Milk Coleman in person, it's like he's not that big at all. He's so tiny, bad. but he was able to. Just he was the, the 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 nickname was so fitting. I mean, oh, he was just such a thrill to watch. Yeah. Busted yeah. plays were his yeah. uh, forte. You know, one one of the, you know, it's it's another vague memory. But when I was a kid, going to it was either two thousand or two thousand one, going to Farmington Hills Harrison. I couldn't tell you who they were playing that game. Um, my my dad is is a big football fan, a big sports fan. He's kind of what who instilled my obsession with the sports world. You know, but I remember you know, you want to go to a football game and yeah where it's Farmington Hills Harrison I, I hadn't even really thought about the possibility of going to a high school football game back then you know that was kind of like a an afterthought you know I watch college while I watch pro football but getting a chance to go watch you know Farmington Hills Harrison in a high school game and seeing just what was on the field in that game was was something that was awesome and before we switch over maybe we'll finish off by talking about some all-time Harrison great players That's exactly where I was but before before I move there uh before we move there let me just throw out uh, just a couple more uh, comments about some some great Harrison games, and I'll be real quick. Uh, they won their first state title in 1981, um, beating uh, Muskegon Catholic Central seven nothing, and that Muskegon Catholic Central class Cent- B team, yeah. Right. Then they moved the up class to A B, the and they moved year. A into to, 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 in 1982. But that Muskegon Catholic Central team uh, was riding a 20 game winning streak, mm-hmm. and that senior class uh, in the 81 senior class of Muskegon Catholic Central, uh, dating back to their freshman football, had not lost a game. So. Um, that was a big win. In 82, they ended up... John, I'm going to throw, uh, yeah. interject. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the chance to put this in my story, but John Miller was starting that year as a freshman. As a freshman. And he totally likes to tell the story. I didn't get it in my story, but he said that he, he was wide open. They ran some play for him, you know, because he was playing both ways. And he... he he dropped a potential touchdown pass in that game. We started laughing, still and he said Sutter was like giving them all kinds of you know seven what for that. And I said, "That John, isn't that great? We can laugh about it because you won that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't win that game, then we probably we wouldn't yep. be laughing about that." Uh, and then in 1982, they got back to uh, the Silver Dome that right. time, and it was a double, double overtime, overtime classic versus Dearborn Forts and another uh, kind of hallowed. Uh, Michigan prep football program no doubt, no doubt. and uh, double overtime. Dave Blackmer, who's probably the best kicker in the history of Harrison, uh, two, two-time All-State. Too. Uh, he um, ended up kicking at uh, Wisconsin, and he kicked the game-winning oh, 24-yard right, field goal. Uh, and then the other game I'd mention before we move on would be, uh, or maybe two more games I'd mention. Uh, the first uh, Harrison's first win, which was Week Three of 1970, uh, they beat Utica Eisenhower, who was coached by Bob Lancey, who's still coaching. He's That's over at Stony Creek right now. 
crazy thing, though. Those are two all-time greats, and little did we yes. know. In the first win that he had yes. was over and, Lancey. And Lancey is the number nine all-time on the MHSA coaching list with uh, 309 wins right. going into In- this week. Inching up there at yeah. Stony Creek. Still <laughs> right. having fun. Uh, they're on a two-game winning streak right now for Stony Creek. Uh, and um, that game was actually, uh, it was before Harrison's Field was built, so it was actually played at North Farmington where uh, John Harrington cut his teeth as a coach under Ron Holland. Mm-hmm. And then the last game I'll mention uh, would be the, uh, the, uh, to open the preseason, in, to open the postseason in 2003, Harrison won a 65-64 shootout with oh, Chelsea. Chelsea, I remember. And uh, the, yeah. the, game, uh, the game was won on a uh, stop two-point conversion, a uh, nose tackle named Brandon Willer and a safety named Mike Mancotti. Uh, oh, forced a Chelsea ball uh, ball carrier out at the one yard line right before he reached the goal what line. A classic wow. game, and That's they ended up going to the semifinals that year. So let's move on to some players. Well, one well. thing, and about t- the integrity of John too. I remember him in '99 calling me up on the phone, and it wasn't a very good phone call. He said, <laughs> "Tom, we just turned ourselves into the MHSA. Oh, yes. well, that's well, you know, we used it in all as a player. Player, we didn't know. We, you know, and if Joe Pacey was our assistant coach on that too." And I have that in my story. And Joe says when he, when John was talking to his players, he says it was really emotional. He said it was really hard to watch him tell the players they had, that he, they had to forfeit. He, he, so they went from three, three and right. one to one and three. Lost another game le- later that year against Wall Lake West. They had to got win in out. At five to, and four. They had to win out. They had to win their final three to get in. John Harrington or Coach yes. Harrington was talking to me about this, yes. Yes. saying because it was such a memorable season. And they beat Country Day seventeen thirteen in Week Nine, which yeah. obviously Country Day was pretty darn good at that time. And then they went on to win the state. They went title. on to win the state title, and, and yeah, John Harrington mentioned that to me as one of the most memorable seasons because of having to overcome that oh, type of adversity. Would, yep. And then uh, he wasn't as t- talking about that year. He 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 obviously the state championship w- was a was a big deal. But he he remembered the state semifinals against Monroe Jefferson, Jefferson. Uh, and that game was um, kind of referred to in, in Harrison lore as the fumble game. Yep. And uh, Monroe Jefferson, uh, I guess their all state uh, running back whose name is escaping me right now, was breaking free for what would have been a game winning touchdown with the last ten seconds, and uh, a, a defensive back for Harrison named Tim Doig. Uh, put a hit on him and uh, jarred the ball loose at the two-yard two line with about five or six seconds left, and uh, Harrison recovered and ended up uh, winning, you know, going it's on to the It's just funny how those things turn out. Yeah. You know, you make your breaks, and when yeah. people say, oh, we, we got lucky they had three turnovers. No, actually, you've probably forced those turnovers. Yeah, right. And that game against Creston in the final was a wild one. I did, uh, it was that, 42-35, and I remember yeah. John telling me, he says, we couldn't stop them, they couldn't stop us. Have they ever, is Creston, was that a team that's that was, ever been before or no, since? No, that was it. That was smoke. Smokey somebody, what the heck the head coach <laughs> name? Smokey, no, Sparky McEwen. That's who the coach was at Creston. Really good team. Well deserved to be in that game. And they, they, they ran that wide open stuff, and John had a little trouble with that. So obviously if we're talking about players, I mean, obviously we talked about uh, Stanton and, and Mill the Thrill, and Ricky Bryant as a wide receiver. Well, John a, Miller as a, as a running Kevin Bryant, back. his brother, went to Michigan. Kevin Bryant. What uh, I want to know is it, because I never got a chance to see him, is it, a foregone conclusion that Mill is the best Harrison football player. Yeah, I, to I, me, I, you know, I guess the only one I would him say, and John Miller. I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. I think you know, as great as Drew Stanton was, he only played he only, really. He only played two years. He came, his, right. his family came from Oregon, so right, he, his played his first two he years of high school. He wasn't really starting Lake quarterback Oswego. to start his junior year. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. fighting out that with Aguim Shabai. Um, but you know, Stanton's up there because mm-hmm. they they were great. I mean. Yeah. 
you know, you got Stanton throwing to Shabai. Just that that yeah. would go to get you a great team. And he was throwing to Trell Mayberry, who ended up playing oh, in college as a cornerback. Yeah. Dave Condeni, who oh, tight end. Uh, ended up playing uh, in the secondary at also Central Michigan. Also a good Michigan. defensive player, yeah. too. Yeah. Right. So he had oh. some good. And then, the, obviously, let's not forget who was running the ball on those teams. Marcus Woods, the all-time leading rusher, uh, career-wise career, um, career for, for, for Harrison. Hey, look, those teams. Had 4,803 oh, yards. They were loaded. Crazy. Yeah. That's when they were really had a lot of talent. So you had the Woods brothers, if you're talking about, you know, Marcus Woods and Kevin Woods, mm-hmm. uh, great running backs. But then you also had the Granger brothers, Roy. Jason and Roy, right. who uh, were both. R- Roy's a pretty crazy guy. Both very slippery oh, tailbacks that. Uh, I think could, one was at DePores at one time and then transferred to Harrison. Jason was class of 96. Roy was class of 92. They were great. Um, they both won state championships. Oh, they were great. Um, the first great Harrison running back, from what I'm told, is Mike Bowden. Bowden, wow. From 1977. He played at Iowa State in wow. college. Gee, that's why I wasn't working at the news. <laughs> uh, he, was the, he was the captain uh, of the 76 um, team. Okay. Um, obviously, we're the, the guys that are in the NFL today, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Burbridge, Mario Ojemudia, Devin Funches. And Devin Funches um, is a guy that wasn't a football player. Right. He was a basketball player that all of a sudden his junior year realized that, wait, I, I, maybe it's better at 6'4". Sounds a To be a tight end or a wide receiver than an undersized power forward on the basketball floor. And uh, had an amazing junior year, had a good senior year, uh, and then went, over to, went to Michigan. Um, played well. Played well, got the number one jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a second round or third round draft pick. Second. From Carolina, Second, I believe. and went to a Super Bowl, Carolina, and it's just getting better every year. Yeah, you and know, he's about to get paid. He's about one, to get a nice contract. Right. One name that stands out to me, obviously, um, I remember seeing Drew Stanton and Aguim Shabai, but I don't really feel like I was old enough to to develop a, a, an opinion of them. Um, but uh, my favorite, probably my favorite player that I've seen play high school was Aaron Burbridge. You know the the he made so many incredible catches. The first great hands. That's what I remember. He right. rarely dropped a pass. He he made a. I well, this may have been the first time I covered Harrison. They were playing Farmington. He went over the middle and made a diving one handed grab and I might stabbed have, the ball out of midair with his with his right hand. With I might have been the say, first yeah, one. Such a good ball. I, know, I take pride area. sometimes when I can say I was the first person to put this guy's <laughs> name in print. Um, I, I think I might have been with Aaron Burbridge. I think I was at his first game, and he was a sophomore, uh-huh. and it was coming off of a Harrison, I want to say in 07, they didn't make the playoffs, or 08, they didn't make, I think it was 08, they didn't make the playoffs, so they were uh, coming into a season, you know, a rare playoff, a rare playoff miss, and they were reloading, and Burbridge was starting his first game as a sophomore, and I want to say he had two touchdown grabs, and I remember talking to John Harrington after the game. He said, this is, this is the next. This is the next Ricky Bryant. This is the next mm-hmm. Ajim Chabai. Mm-hmm. Ajim Chabai. Um, and I remember writing, I, I, I still do now, I, I do a, a weekly column in the Oakland Press, and I remember writing, I think it wasn't my lead in my column, but it was like the second half of it, and I remember like, you know, I forgot what it was, like next man up or something, and and, and it was about Aaron Burbridge, and obviously he's, <laughs> what John Harrington was saying was obviously true and more. <laughs> he's right. he's uh, making a living as a pro right now. And he led the Big Ten in receiving as a senior at State. You know, you talk about that Stanton Shabai team. I'm going over this the numbers that they put up. The closest game they had as juniors in the playoffs was 36-6 to over Lapeer West. 
the closest game they had as um, seniors was Saginaw game that we alluded to, 31-14. And if you look at some of these scores that they were both 14-0 and 0 that both seasons, they were scoring 61 points, 54 points, 49 points, 51. They're just loading right. up. All these scores is just amazing. Mills' top targets back when he was uh, throwing the ball around was Brian Waldron and Chad Burgess, who are yep. both guys that uh, you know probably should be mentioned. All and, staters. And then um, when you're moving over the defensive side of the ball, uh, a guy that I had kind of forgotten about, and then when I started to do the research, it, it popped back in my head big time because he's he's uh, Harrison's all-time leading tackler, uh, Blazo Sercevich. Uh, oh wow, yes, uh, has two hundred and ninety-nine tackles, most okay. uh, most in Harrison history. Ended up playing in college at Hawaii. Uh, Sounds like a nice college destination. Yeah, I, I think he must got, have been a smart kid. Yeah, I think he got <laughs> I think he got hurt. Uh, they were telling me that he might have got hurt early in his career at Hawaii, but played at Hawaii. Might have played on the defensive line at Hawaii, mm-hmm. Hawaii, but was a linebacker, uh, a two-time All-State linebacker at, uh, at at Harrison. The the first great Harrison defensive player and someone that's incredibly close to uh, Coach Harrington's heart uh, was a guy named Sam Pink, who was mm. the graduated the year before they went to the state finals. So he was class of 1975. Kind of one of the guys that really started the, yes. the tradition. And then another guy that uh, needs to be mentioned from the 1970s era that uh, everyone told me is another uh, one of Coach Harrington's uh, Coach Harrington's favorite. It's a guy named Paul Rogan, Rogand, or Rogand. Uh, class of 1976, they, they called him the Harrison Jim Thorpe. He did everything. Huh. And then ended up going to play in the uh, Big Ten at Minnesota and was the uh, University of Minnesota's uh, place kicker in the late 70s. Boy, I can't remember him. Um, and then <laughs> finishing yeah, off, uh, you know, with, um, you know, I'm, uh, special teams guys, you know, Jake Vento, mm-hmm. uh, who's also, you know, was a great wide receiver but was one of the great return return even he played quarterback he played wide receiver but just one of the great return men that they've ever seen and then Javon Shaw I was just about to say that name who was a quarterback from like 13 14 yeah. 15 he, uh, you know he had a he injured his knee I believe against Fenton in, in the first or second round of the playoffs um, and that kind of derailed their their state championship run or else they could have I think they could have made it to a state final that year that um, was 2012 then they played Fett yeah, in the first th- round. Yep. They Third, lost 22-19. I believe, I believe that might have been it. Um, and he, he got hurt in that game. You know, he got Wait a minute, 2014. 2014. 2014. That was his. That okay. was his yeah. They beat Fett senior, senior year. And they lost in the semis that year. To that Mona. was a crazy Mona's game to Mona right. show with Tyreek Jackson. Yep, and that, that was everybody. 24-25. Yeah. That, that game, Javon Shaw, or Jevin Shaw, he Javon, got hurt. Javon. Returning kicks, and he was the team's quarterback, and he was the that. team's defensive back. I do remember him. He was Mr. Kicks. Everything on that yeah. team. He, he's one of the, the guys who will go you know, under the radar. He's playing he at Ferris a, right yeah, now. He? Yeah, he was a heck of a player. Steve Hill and Dave Blackmore, the two best kickers probably to uh, ever Steve play there. Kick to make it 3-2 to two and then kick the winning extra point. And, uh, actually, he got banged up on kicking that field goal in that semifinal, but he was able to kick the following mm-hmm. week in the final. You know, just talking to um, John Miller about that 81-82 team, he, you know, because they jumped from B to A. He says that right, so in 91, they were Class B, they won the state championship. Yeah. In, 90, was, in 82, it was Class right. A. He says there was such, you know, back then there was four classes, there wasn't any of this eight stuff. And he said it was such a big jump for them. And he said they didn't really have any superstars at playing football, except for John, he would mm-hmm. never say that himself. But he said they had a lot of multi-sport athletes on that team. And they were all good athletes. They just weren't really that good at any one particular one. But they were just what's, good. What's Johnny doing now? He is down in Kentucky working, I think, for Toyota, I believe. He's been there 11 years. He's got a couple oh. children that he's 
you know, not in Kentucky, so he spends a lot of time visiting them. I, I mean, this this is this has been one of my favorite podcasts we've done. I love talking oh, I about know. history oh, and, yeah. and the legacy of Harrison football. When, you know, so when you, rich. When you talked about seeing Mill Coleman, you know, and that turning you on, I couldn't help but think about that time. Is eighty five. 84, I got into the sports. 82, I was hired full-time at the news, but 84 is uh, into sports full-time. I was freelancing for a while. But it was, that was kind of my beginnings of handling all the stuff, you know, the all-state teams, all the area. And, and Harrison was just like, you know, take him as your receiver, take him as your running back. Take, you know, it's like, you know, they'd have right. four or five guys. And, I, and another thing for me, you know, it's to make this all about me, but uh, – <laughs> For personally, no, you know, I think it turned on a lot of people at that oh, yeah. time. But what I'm, but, but then, no then in the last ten years, when I've gotten, uh, I came back to the state. I, I had lived out of state from 2000 to 2007. Uh, I came back to the state and started and working for the, started working for the Oakland Press and um, get and actually getting to to start to cover the legends like the Fracassas and the Harringtons and the Porritts. Um, and guys like yeah. that to get, to actually get to cover them and get to know them and get to get kind of immersed in the programs uh, from 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 the coverage angle uh, has just kind of also been very special to me and getting to know John and being able to just call him up and he, he know who I am or go get drinks with him or 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 call Coach Fracasa and, and have him literally like. Oh, I'm I'm watching a, you know watching my show with my wife, but I'll take 45 minutes to go sit with you on the phone. It, it just it 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 just it's it's such a it's I keep on saying the word special, but it just it just feels very special. I think that's a and, and, word for it. And 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 it means a lot to me. Uh, and it's so much more than just work yeah. to be able to. Uh, when when I went to go cover last uh, covering John's run to this record. Um, it, it just knowing him and knowing the program, it's so much more than just a job. It's so much more than just going to write a story or 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 or, or tell everyone that this record was broken. 100%. Um, just to get to see him and and uh, you know Jeff and I were were right with him when he tied the record, mm -hmm. and uh, I might have been the first person, first member of the press that, or me and Jeff might have been the first two members of the press he saw when he came out of the uh, handshake line. Mm -hmm. And his his only reaction say hey congratulations goes say hey how about that. Right. Like he's like acting like he's surprised by right. it. Like this hasn't you know, been on his mind for uh, right. for for all this time. You know, to, to go off of what Scott was saying, just kind of, you know, uh, obviously I th I think, um, like you know, Tom being around Al and John for as long as you have, you've, you've developed some really personal relationships and, and really gotten to know them. Um, you know, I've I've covered them a handful of times over the last ten years, um, but every time you, you you run into them, they're they're happy to see you. They're oh, accommodating, yeah. like what Scott said earlier. Um, they're, they're just really great guys. A quick story, one of my favorite stories, not one of it's my favorite story to tell about covering high school football, uh, was covering Brother Rice. And probably the second year I was covering high school football, um, I was working a second job. I got out of that job late, and I had to run over to cover Brother Rice play Divine Child at Divine Child. And I, I went there, and I had a bunch of my Michigan State stuff on. Um, got there shortly after kickoff. Um, and after the game, got a chance to interview Al, introduced him introduced myself to him um had a really good conversation i didn't cover brother rice for two years after that and i come back the that year i was still working the second job but i was was wearing completely different clothes wasn't wearing anything related to michigan state mm -hmm. and i walk up to Al and he looks at me and goes hey spartan bob how have you been <laughs> Spartan bob how have you been the first game i covered and this just tells you all you need great. to know about coach for first game i ever covered coach for they beat oak park in a, in a week i think it was a week one highly anticipated game but edwin baker was the mm -hmm. oak park running back and uh i remember I, coach for didn't know me from anybody 
Right. And I had that. So we, we uh, the, all the reporters had gathered and asked him a couple questions after the game, and then all the other reporters kind of left, and I had some other questions to ask him. And he literally put his arm around me. Hey, son, come over here, and, and whatever you need to ask me, and like sat with me, like literally like holding me, like, <laughs> like I was his child with his arm around me for a right. good five minutes when we're talking. He didn't know who I was. Right. And, and that just was like, oh, wow, what a, what a guy. Right. And I'll, I'll let Tom kind of close out this podcast on kind of two, his thoughts and two, maybe a story. Two things I want to say. One is the, the consistency out of Harrison and John Harrington. Since... Uh, 1972, his third season, when they struggled, obviously, coming out of the gate, he's had three losing seasons. <laughs> and all three of those were four and five seasons. That's so, crazy. I mean, early on, I think there were three and six or three, I think four he has and the, one. Stuff I like think that. he has the number one winning percentage in state history. He's over 80%. Yeah, he's, it's just a little better than Al's. Al's got a few more losses. Yeah. You know, you talk about Al, you know, one of the first memories I have of Al is in 87. and. It's not a pleasant memory for Al, and he wasn't really he wasn't really talkative after this game. They lost to Catholic Central in a Class A semifinal, 14 to nine at Wild Lake Central. It was freezing cold. You could only imagine, you know, some November day, and we've had some of those semifinals. But he was, you know, back then in '87. That's I see what happened with Al is he mellowed as time went on. I mean, he became much more. Um, you know, jovial. Coachable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, all coaches, and even Harrington, I was talking to guys, I said, you know, how was he after losses? Because to me, he was always cordial. They said, oh, he took a losses hard, but he would never show it. Oh, I could tell. Just, I mean, maybe it's because of what's going on with uh, the record being uh, mm-hmm. of, of. Well, that, that must have been a tough loss against to Groves. Groves. Like, I, he was very, very uh, sullen after the Groves loss. That had to right. be tough. Yeah. You know, you lose that, that type of game. But, you know, Al at that time was, you know, he was like blunt. <laughs> I'll put it to you. And it was like, boy, you know, I was, let's see, that was my third year in the sports department in 87. I was like, man, this guy's a tough one. But he, he did mellow out as time went when, on. I think, if, I think all coaches end up doing if you're going to last that long. If you remember also when Al was going for the record back in whatever, I don't remember what year it was. But there was like a two or three games where he was about to get the record, and his field goal kicker missed game-winning oh, field goals. Right. Like literally, like three straight games they lost on like mm-hmm. potential game-winning field goals, and he that. he was just like I remember interviewing. He's like, "It's you no, know, it's fine. We're we're right. going to be all right. We're we're we'll still be okay." And, and they were using different kickers. Yeah, they were, that they were. That's when they brought Jason Alessi out of who, ret- the, well, well, <laughs> who hadn't been playing football, right? And they brought him uh, basically in week six. Yeah, and I think they it brought was him the players on. actually. The, play, went, the seniors went to him. Yeah, and they ended up. In, the, in the halls, like yeah. you yeah. got to play, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you don't even have a choice. But he, right. he was pounding on that door. It wasn't like Harry, uh, Coach Harrington, where there was kind of he's coasting to this uh, to coast on this record, right? Coasting to this record, right? No, I think we're good. You know, I'm just I wish John all the best. You know, I, I wish them luck in the playoffs tonight. Whether we open the show, I. You know, I think they got a chance to make a run, and wouldn't that be great in this season that he sets yes. the record awesome. that he, you know, at least gets the semis and, and plays you have a, on a big stage. Anytime you have awesome. a great defense, you always have a chance to make a run. I agree. Well, you know, they played a good schedule. Yep. You know, that first game, the East Grand Rapids, I remember thinking, is Harrison that yeah. bad or right. is East Grand Rapids that good? I think the answer to that one is East Grand Rapids. The latter. Right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, that does it for this edition of the SC Preps podcast. 
Uh, I want to say, you know, I, th- I think this was probably one of our favorites just to sure. kind of look back and reminisce. No notes for me, except right. for I'm looking at some of this stuff on the Michigan.football-football yep. um, website, just going over some of the scores yep. and records and stuff. Yeah, it's I, fun. I want to ask everybody that's listening to, to do us a favor, and maybe we'll do a follow-up podcast in the near future. Um, but if you're listening right now, do us a favor and go in the comment, se- comment section. Let us know your favorite memories about Coach Harrington, Coach Fracasa, or any of your, your coaches that are out there. Uh, maybe we'll have another podcast and go over those um, because this was a lot of fun and kind of talking about kind of the legacy that all these both coaches have really left and, and um, you know, what coaches could be next uh, might be another one that we do. Um, so for Scott Bernstein, Bernstein and Tom Markowski, I'm Jeff Dulek. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day.